What's happening, everybody? This is episode 187 of Catfish on Ice. Hope you're all having a wonderful evening as we're off from the Stanley Cup Final. They're uh, waiting for Game 3 to be on Thursday. Vegas Golden Knights are up 2-0 on the Florida Panthers, the team that just refuses to go away. We will touch on that later in this episode. Rich Howe is joining me tonight. This is your host, Chad Minton. Rich, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Yeah, just uh, excited watching the Stanley Cup. Not too many more good games to, left. Good to have you back, sir. We missed you last week. We had some things yep. come up, and so we had to put out kind of a shorter episode than normal. Of course, that was when the big news dropped that Andrew Burnett is yeah. the fourth head coach in Nashville Predators history. Haven't had to talk about that very often in the history of the National Predators. So this is pretty major news. Cannot wait. Let's go ahead before we get into the episode 187. Since you missed last week, Rich, got to ask you just your overall initial thoughts. How did you feel when the news broke and you saw it was finally official? First of all, everybody, the last episode me and Rich did together, we did a full segment. Go back and listen to the receipts. Episode 185. Me, me and you both talked about it in detail that yep. we pretty much felt like this was inevitable. It was going to happen. And we even brought up Andrew Burnett's name we did. in our discussion. We but, did, Rich, absolutely. give me some of your initial thoughts when you first saw the news break last week about Andrew Burnett. Um, I was not shocked, first of all. Um, I always hate it when someone loses their job. Um, of course, liked, yeah. I've always liked John Hines. Um, I think he got the raw end of the deal. Shaska Tooth Tiger. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Welcome back to Shaska Tooth Tiger. I, I'm going to say this again. I love that name, it's that YouTube so name. That is, with the logo and the name, that is a great combination. For then we sure. got Lindsay, our, one of our favorite listeners. Lindsay, we love you so much. We're happy that you're in here with us tonight. We're doing great. Calgary. We're doing great. Lindsay lives in Calgary, Canada. Yes. All right. So <laughs> go ahead. All right. All right. You got is about- <laughs> All right. I don't know what my problem is, but I'm loving these playoffs and I'm totally on board from fellow. Um, Our yeah. fellow felines from Florida. They are rich Panthers, Predators, similar logos, kind of. All, yeah, both very in, in terms of franchise ages, they're both semi young franchises. The Panthers are what early nineties, I believe, is when they were an expansion team. Something like two that, southern teams. Uh, let me tell you something, Shashka Tooth Tiger. I'm getting better at saying that now. Finally, let me tell job. you something, Shashka Tooth Tiger. You are not going to talk Rich into liking the Panthers until there is a certain player that's no longer on that team. I've two tried. Now. It's not going to work. It's There's just it's a uh, it's a hopeless endeavor to try to get rich to like the Florida Panthers and, until we uh, get um, a certain star player off that team and a certain other player. Now there's two. There's two now. Nikki, Nikki here up? she says howdy. <laughs> Nikki um, says howdy. 
So yes, Rich, real quick, get into your. I want to hear your. I haven't heard him yet. You said that you weren't shocked that Andrew Burnett, or I guess you weren't shocked so much that John Hines was let go. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anything about who they were going to get. Um, it was just kind of out of the blue, but not shocked. Uh, I hate that he lost his job. Um, I've always liked him. I thought he got a raw, uh, not a raw deal, but like just so many different things happening uh, with the team since he joined, uh, you know, COVID, the bubble playoffs, um, uh, high expectations not being met. Um, just, you know, some, yeah. some, some different strategies you've, that he tried to do. Uh, but, you know, I think it's good. It's a, it's a fresh start. They got a new GM. That's a fresh start, new ownership coming in. Um, I think Barry Trotz wants to play a quicker game, which everybody's in favor of that. And it looks like that's, what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, take the reins off some of the guys, um, let them play. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. So we've had many discussions of this over the last 187 episodes that we've done in this podcast and about this exact subject of John Hines. And you have always ha- held the same stance, Rich, when it comes to, look, I get the frustration and criticism of Hines, but this dude also came into a really, really ugly situation when the torch was passed from LaViolette to Hines. And, yep. you know, in the last episode, episode 186, I got into all of that. And I, first of all, I don't know if you agree with me, Rich, but I think this was the right time to make the switch. I never like to see anyone lose their job either. But I do think, first of all, John Hines will be just fine. He'll get a job somewhere. He, uh, I, I haven't heard anything yet about the Rangers job, right? Um, I think I heard the other day that they may have gone in a different direction. I haven't heard. Yes, he was originally being linked to the Rangers, but it seems to me even Peter Laviolette was coming into those discussions. Patrick Waugh is now in those those, uh, circles. He seems to be the front runner. But Hines will land on his feet. He'll be somewhere. But, yeah, you never want to see anyone lose their job. But at the same time, I do think that this was the time that you do this, Mm -hmm. mostly because – it's now Barry Trotz's show. I think if B- David Poyle was remaining the GM into next season, then this coaching change would not be happening. I but agree, when you 100%. when when Barry Trotz takes over, you cannot blame a general manager for wanting to start fresh, start with a clean slate, and that means getting the head coach he wants, a head yep. coach he's a person he's very, very familiar with in mm-hmm. Andrew Burnett, who scored the first goal in National Predators history. They're yep. very close, and so I think that this was the right time. I don't think necessarily that John Hines got the raw deal. I mm-hmm. think that it was just that everything lined up to where, look, it's time to move on, yep. and, and that's what happened. I don't think it's so much the results – of why he got fired, it has a little bit to do with it. Mostly his postseason record as a head coach, That's which is a true. bit abysmal. Mm-hmm. It is not good. That's absolutely true. But I think I think that's really what it came down to is you're changing front office. You're in a massive change change in this entire franchise right now. You've mm-hmm. called it, Rich, a change of era. It's a new era in national hockey. So yep. you got to change the head coach then. The only way the head coach is remaining through all that is if that head coach has proven that he can win in the playoffs. And he hasn't done that. So you don't hold on to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 
Barry Trotz, like we said earlier, wants to play a different style of hockey. And I don't think John Hines is the, is the coach to lead that. Um, yep. Uh, Burnett is, uh, when he took over for, uh, the Panthers, his little stint, you know, they won the president's cup. I know he took over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly how long it was quite a few games, I believe, but, uh, you know, they lost in the second round. It's hockey. That's going to happen. Um, but they were exciting to watch during the, during the regular season. That's for sure. So, um, it's, it's exciting. I, I figured it was going to happen. I mean, we talked about it several times. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, new An- another, th- another thing I want to bring up too. And I brought, I brought this up also in the last episode, but I want to get your thoughts on this. And I think you'll, you'll agree with me here. This has a drastically different feeling mm-hmm. of when LaViolette was let go midseason in January. The Predators were stumbling along, underperforming. The locker room didn't seem in sync with each other. All these things were happening. And then y- y- I thought at the time that the Predators weren't going to fire LaViolette till the offseason. thought they were just going to hang on to him, but that it happened. And then I thought, okay, well, let's just go the interim head coach route. Let's just nope. <laughs> ride this thing out. And then we'll, we'll go, uh, we'll have a, a, a steady long-term or a really like, we're going to look heavily into a coaching search. Nope. You go and get John Hyde so quick. And it was just such an underwhelming hire at the time. It didn't get the fan base talking. Yeah. I, John Hines was uh, had the deck stacked against him right from day one when he was hired. Absolutely, it was just not. It was such an odd hire for me at the time. It didn't make sense why they rushed to hire John Hines when they did. Yeah, it was and weird. so na- it feels a lot different now. It does. It, it feels does. like yeah. the organization's getting who they want. It's a it's an up and comer. I didn't want to see the Predators go and get a recycled head coach as we that term flows around a lot, but it's true. All it these head true. coaches, they 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 just go through the uh vicious cycle of getting fired, getting rehired, getting fired, getting rehired. And so it's no, nice yeah. to see it's nice to see that Trotz went out there and got someone who has never been fired. He was an interim and then just wasn't retained. That's very different than getting fired. That was weird too. So, though. That was strange. it was. Some people thought that they that the Panthers would retain him, considering the fact that they did go on to win. They won fifty one games after the oh, firing okay. of Joe yeah. Quinville. Quinville. So yeah, right. that the team could have easily gone off the rails early in the season when unexpectedly your head coach gets fired for really outside of hockey reasons like it was the whole yeah. Kyle Beach situation from the Chicago Blackhawks oh era where mm-hmm. he was pushed out or whatever and so that team could that locker room could have easily broken down that team could have easily just fallen apart and instead under Andrew Burnett's leadership and it had a lot of talent they go on to win the President's Trophy and then they do stumble in the playoffs they get swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning they did, which was, second which round. was a good team, but yeah, We're still good. rough, to, rough to get swept. But I don't think you hold that against him. I don't enough. No, I mean it's it's hockey. Playoffs are a totally different animal. So yeah, you and don't hold that against him at all. He's a but players coach. The, the players are gonna res- are gonna yeah. definitely respect what he's played. He's he's got ties to this franchise. It, it's it's something I kind of hinted. We both hinted hinted at was okay. Nashville's hosting the draft. 
You think that they're going to trot out John Hines? Mm-hmm. We talked about that, Rich. You remember? Oh, no. Yeah, I do. Yeah, what were you absolutely. about to say though about it? Oh, too? just yeah, that you know, um, I remember in the playoffs that year, uh, Florida like didn't score a power play until the second round or something, but then got swept. So um, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it's just hockey, man. Playoffs are different. I don't, I don't hold that against them at all. So yeah. Got a lot of people in here. We got Mike Twitter chiming in. Says, nice crew. Hello, everyone. We've got Justin in here. Justin's always dropping mm-hmm. in the good hot takes for us. So, uh, I'm sure, Justin, we need you, man. We need you to jump in with the hot takes tonight uh, <laughs> as we get into this. So, we haven't even really gotten into what I want to talk about tonight in episode 187. We're, we're just getting – I'm getting caught up with my good buddy, Rich, who I wasn't know. in episode 186. Uh, but with this old Andrew Burnett thing, me and him have not talked about this up until this episode tonight. Nope. So it's really good to hear his thoughts on this. So it's awesome there. We're going to move on. I'm about to tell you kind of what else is in store for you on episode 187 of Catfish on Ice. And let me just say that this episode might get a little juicy. Oh, wow, and that happened for a while. You're going to see what I'm talking about here. I think you know. I know what you're talking about. It's going to get juicy. We're going to have fun. to do. We're going to have to do some very serious UC Soros <laughs> talk tonight because mm. he is back in the news with a Not report for- that I will talk about, and we're going to yeah. get into it. I'm going to give you a little cliffhanger there. I'm sure a lot of you already know what I'm talking about by now if you've been on uh. Twitter at all. But we will dive into that and talk about what we think is going to happen with UC Soros moving forward. Talk about what we've seen, this news, and we will share where we got it from and all that good stuff. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of our top players that we think are going to benefit from Andrew Burnett taking over in year one and also set some expectations of what we want to see. We also want to hear what your expectations are for Andrew Burnett in year one behind the bench for the National Predators. Hopefully you guys are a little bit more patient than you were with John Hines. We'll see. We'll see about that. It'll probably be 10 games. They'll give him 10. If I I know anything about Smashville fans, and I love all of you, but patience is very, very thin. It is very thin. Um, So we we will see about that. But everybody Uh, likes Burnett. So I think think everybody's Uh. good with it. Hey, the honeymoon. Let's see. Let's see how long that honeymoon period lasts. Yeah, I'm gonna give. Them that's what. Game. That's what we're in. We're in that honeymoon period where everything is just perfect and nothing can go wrong. Um, and then we've also got to talk about our Milwaukee Admirals. Their really yeah. thrilling, exciting, and gutsy run did come up just short. They uh, they lost to the Seattle Kraken affiliate, the Quetcha Valley. Uh, so that was a raucous crowd there, man. I didn't get and to watch any of it, but I kept up with the scores. They, they were they were pumped. So they're going to be in the Calder Cup finals against the Hershey Bears, I believe is their name. Yep. So, I, think that's, yeah. uh, I think they're the Washington Capitals affiliate. I've actually been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, because I was born in Philadelphia. So I went every summer growing up, I went to uh, the Philadelphia Lehigh Valley area. And we, one year, we got to go to Hershey Park. And it's literally a theme park built around Hershey's chocolate. Did you eat like lots of candy bars? I don't remember a lot of it. Honestly, I was pretty young, but I mm-hmm. do remember going in this like big tower that like that like rotates 
and you get to see the whole park. Hmm. And it's just made of, it's just like, no, it's like nothing but chocolate. It's just, everything's chocolate. So did you, did you see I don't any even know if her, any I did not. I, oh, that's I think if I, that's different. <laughs> I think if I would have saw an Oompa Loompa, I would still remember. I was old enough to where if I saw an Oompa Loompa, I would remember that. And I don't I remember scream, seeing an Oompa Loompa. screaming because they're creepy. But, yeah, Oompa Loompas like, are kind of scary. Mm-hmm, but yeah. um, did not see any Oompa Loompas there. So that's yeah. my story about uh, Hershey Park. So I guess I'm going for the Hershey Bears just for that Bears. reason. But either way, either way, uh, we'll talk about the Admirals, who stood out, what happened with that. And what does that mean for some of these players who are going to get right back in the NHL most likely this coming up season for the Preds? We've got to talk about a few players um, that really impacts all of that. So that's what we got in store for you for episode 187. Happy to have you all here. Let's dive into what I just said. Oh, oh, oh yeah, also brought to you by DraftKings, promo DraftKings. code THPN, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So, yeah, go do that. I'll tell you more about DraftKings later in this episode. All right, so let's go ahead and drop it off. I think you know what we're talking about. Yeah, this episode's about to get a little juicy for our opening face-off, and that that is uh, mm. UC Soros was apparently very close to being traded this past season. How about that, Rich? Let's, 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 give, you the, let's give you the report here from David Pagnata of the fourth period, also host and analyst for SiriusXM and the NHL Network, a really good follow uh, at the fourth period on Twitter. Go follow him. Uh, so he tweeted out yesterday. Yes. Tweeted out. He tweeted out on Tuesday. The Kings Predators had discussed a trade involving goalie UC Soros during the season prior to LA landing Corpusalo. A package involved multiple first and prospects. I'm curious if LA revisits these talks this month or if that ship has sailed. Ooh. Ooh. So, first of all, I got to give a lot of credit to a lot of Predators fans and people who called this they said all year when we were leading up to the trade deadline that the predators should explore blown it all up in trading away UC Soros and it appears that, that at least huge. in Dave that David Poyle was at least taking phone calls very interesting yeah. I think he was taking phone calls on a lot of people and um we might hear more down the road if it gets leaked somehow but um that would definitely be blowing it up if you got rid of uh, UC Soros, and it would make me sad. I don't, I don't, I know it would help the team probably, but I wouldn't like that. But I don't know. Well, I know you wouldn't like it, but uh, Rich, I mean, we got to think about this long term, right? That's right. And I think here's what it comes down to for me more than anything. What it comes down to more for me is what is Barry Trotz's thinking right now? Yeah. Does he think where does he see this team? Not what he tells the media, because he's not going to say everything about how he feels about this team. But right. deep down in his heart of hearts, and he looks over this roster and he's trying to figure out what can this team accomplish in 2023-24? How close are we to getting back into the playoffs and maybe pulling off a first round upset, kind of like what the Florida Panthers have done this in these current playoffs. Are we close to something like that? Or are we extremely far away and we've got some years ahead of us to where we've got to slowly build this thing back up. If he feels like they're a few years away 
then absolutely you got to think about trading away UC Soros as much as it might pain you. Yeah, to, you you would get a very good return for him, um, and it would help them down the road. You're absolutely right, as much as we wouldn't yeah. like it. But yeah, here's the tweet right here from uh, David Pagnata. Um, so here's here's the thing. So the Kings are in desperate need of a goalie. They're one of those teams where they're they're on the cusp. Like they can. Yeah. They, they they can definitely compete for a Stanley Cup. They got a roster that's they they they're on the back end. They they've made it through their rebuild yeah. or whatever you want to call it. They're there. They've arrived. They they've built prospects up. They've got some veterans. They've and they need a goalie that they can trust. And they're mm-hmm. the reason why. In that tweet, what really sticks out to me more than anything is if LA revisits these talks. I think they will. I think they. I think it's very possible. Because they don't, they have one goalie on their roster right now, Rich. One goalie going yep. into the offseason. And yep. that's and Phoenix Cope, Phoenix yep. Copley. Yep. Because Corpusalo is a free agent. Corpusalo <clears throat> is a UFA. He's a UFA. I don't see them bringing him back. He, I think yeah. he was the consolation prize in the trade. I don't mm-hmm. think they really wanted him, but they took him, and he didn't. He didn't perform all that well in the playoffs for them. Six starts below a ninety save percentage and a three point mm-hmm. seven seven goals against average. So yeah, he he, he struggled, struggled a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, so. He when he was with Columbus, that was when that other um, goaltender who was um, one of their prospects. Where he he died in that accident, that fireworks. Yeah, accident. that was. That I was think horrible. I think that messed him up because he he yeah. was, he actually had some really good games for for Columbus. But um, oh yeah, he's a good he's a quality goaltender, yeah, and, yeah, and I could and I could see maybe them re-signing him if they can't get anybody else. But you can't compare Soros to Corpusalo no. necessarily. No. If the Kings can pull off something to, to revisit this, and if Trotz still has, I think that Trotz is definitely on the Kings' speed dial right now. He yeah, is for sure. They're, 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 I think they will. I don't think the ship has sailed on this. I think that they will keep this on, yeah. at the forefront of possibly trying to trade for him. Just look at this. Soros has 10 career playoff starts. I thought he had more, actually. He only has 10 career playoff starts. He has a lot more appearances. Uh, there's yeah. been pl- there were t- some times when he had to come in relief for Pecorine in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but only 10 starts in the playoffs for Saros in his in his career. Yeah. And he's got a 0.914 save percentage, a 2.63 goals against average. That is pretty solid over a 10-game start period. For considering, sure. and we'll never know what he could have done against the Avalanche in that first round. Mm-hmm. So no, that's that's when you're a team like the Kings, man. Mm-hmm. UC Soros is hard to look past, and you I would be willing it. to deal off some first round picks and some prospects to get a player like Soros. Let me ask you this, Rich: Do you think what would you have to? What would make you happy and and satisfied in a return if you do trade away Soros to anybody? But let's just say the Kings. I mean, I know they're definitely going to want the first round picks. That's like, yeah, like, you better give me like two oh, first round picks. You better yeah. give me two first round picks, maybe a second round pick, and you better give me at least one really, really promising prospect 
that I like. And maybe throw in a... That's got NHL caliber type of ceiling. They could could maybe throw in Victor Arvidsson. (sighs) Bring him back. (laughs) Where are you going to put Victor Arvidsson on this lineup? I don't know, but... you know, he liked to skate. He was a fast skater, and he liked a fast game more than the defensive game, and that's why they got rid of him. And he played well in L.A. I know he did get hurt or whatever, but. Yeah, I just – I've already oh, said man. this. I've been on record of this. Yeah. I don't I don't like the Predators rushing to get yeah. aging veterans who are on the back nine of their careers. That scares yeah, me. And as much as I love – as much as I love Arvey, He's on the back nine of his career. He's might he might be on like hole fifteen or hole sixteen for all you uh, golf lovers. Like he's he's scrambling to finish out the eighteen holes for the day. So I don't know about Look at that. This. Give us Fiala and Arvey. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing that. That's they're not happening. Get rid of Fiala. <laughs> I know. I think they do want to get. They do want to move Victor Arvidsson. I remember seeing something. I mean, that would definitely be worth – that would be worth a lot of headlines. I'm not saying that Arvidsson couldn't help this team. I'm just saying I don't know where you put him necessarily. He's 30 30 years old, so you're right. He's – Would you throw him in the bottom – would you throw him in the bottom six and he'd replace a player like Cole Smith or a player like Kiefer Sherwood maybe? Maybe – because, you know, that's kind of where – that those are the two players that Mark Jankowski, maybe he would replace her Mark Jankowski. Like, those are the players that that are going to be fighting for roster spots. And if you Mm -hmm. go and trade for a a veteran for depth, those are the players who would lose a roster spot. So, yeah, it's worth thinking about. But these these Sorrels trade talks are not going anywhere, guys. This is going to linger. I mean that's huge. That's huge. It's it's huge news, and it's. I was a little stunned when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, but it, it does make sense. I mean, if it's like you said, if it's something that's going to help them down the road, they're not probably going to be competing for the Stanley Cup next year. You got to look at all options, and I'm sure Barry Trotz is looking at every single option, um, even getting rid of some some people who we love, and that that might hurt, but. It'll be better. Here's, down the an, road. here's another thing to think about, too. Here's <clears throat> another thing. Soros has only got two more years left on his current contract. Five million AAV, which is that's nothing. That's yeah, nothing. For, for, for a player play, like Soros, for a franchise changing goaltender that mm-hmm. can literally get you over the hump in the playoffs, a five million AAV is absolutely nothing. And he's only got two more years left. So it's going to be very easy for a team to take on a Soros for two years. There's oh, virtually yeah. – there's very, very little risk you're taking on in a very, very, very high reward prospect yes. if you if a team <clears throat> trades for UC Soros. Now, they're yeah, they're going to have to give up a lot of draft picks, and they're going to have to give up a couple prospects they probably covet to push the Predators into doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But you can these, – these elite goaltenders, they do not grow on trees – Nope. And that's what scares me about the Predators doing something like this. I've always been very clear about this. This is a very risky proposition to just trade away UC Soros just because you're rebuilding. Oh, we're rebuilding, so we have to do it. We ha- That's all I see on Facebook. That's all I see on Facebook. Yeah. Is, and on t- Twitter, too. And I understand their argument, but it's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, we're rebuilding. We're so far away from the cup. We just need to trade Soros now. There's no guarantee that all these first-round draft picks that you bring in are going Absolutely. to work out. We we know 
that the NHL drafting is not even close to an exact science. It's no. so far away from it. So you nope. can say, you can put on a piece of paper in a trade deal, oh my God, you're giving me all these draft picks. That means that, that they're all going to work out. And you give me a first, you give me a second. That means those first round picks are going to automatically be NHL players. Nope, not going to yep. happen. No. It, it's it not doesn't. that simple. And even even your your top five guys who you draft sometimes don't even work out for your team. So like it's 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 a crapshoot. We've always said that. See, so you just have to realize what you're what you're signing up for if you go through with something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's necessarily a, a bad decision if it ends up happening, yep. but man, is it risky because the Predators have always had great goaltenders. And if you trade away UC Soros, that means you're putting money in the bank that that. Irislav Askarov is going to be your guy, pretty much. That's pretty much what you're doing there. Yeah, because he, he struggled though in the, in the playoffs. Kevin Lankinen, Kevin Lankinen can get you by for a year. He can be a bridge. I don't think there's anything wrong. That doesn't scare me thinking about Kevin Lankinen being the starter next year necessarily. Mm-hmm. I yep. think he's quality enough to to be decent. I think he's earned himself a starting job somewhere. That's why I was kind of surprised when the Predators re-signed him again. Because I thought he was going to go somewhere as a starter. But either way, that's not what scares me. What scares me is past next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think – I see see Irosov Askarov having one more year in the AHL. Yeah. And then it's going to be put up or shut up, and he's going to be ready for NHL minutes consistently, full-time, after next season. Yeah, but then what happens if he gets in the NHL and doesn't play well? Well, there's always that what if. That's the whole what if of the whole thing. So, which is we know what we have in sorrows. We know that we've got that check that 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 box checked off. Yep. We know that sorrows. If you get in the playoffs, sorrows is capable of doing similar things of what Pecorine did for the 2017 Predators. Similar things to what. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is done for the Panthers up until the Stanley Cup final, at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that yeah. that's kind of that's that's the trade off you're doing there if you trade away you sorrow. So I don't know, man. It's yeah, it's it scares me, but it, it could happen. It could it, it could, could definitely happen. It could, and you know, it, it would be fifty fifty shot, like we said, and it could work out being great. It could be awesome uh, for the team, but man, it's scary. It's scary uh, getting rid of him. That is. That is definitely a long-term decision if you do that. Mm-hmm. You're basically waving you're basically waving the white flag and saying, "Look, we are multiple multiple years away from seriously competing for a Stanley Cup yep. and we are finally ready to just take our lumps mm-hmm. and build this thing back up." Yeah. And you know, without Saros in the picture if Lankanen is the starter next year, I still think the Predators could maybe be a mid-tier team and maybe yeah. hang around and maybe – but they're not making the playoffs. They might not make the playoffs even with Saros in that, but I not. definitely don't think they're making the playoffs with Lankanen as their main starter yeah. without Saros. I think it would and be that's tough. Not, and that's not because I think Lankanen's a bad goaltender. I just don't think – I just don't know how much Andrew Burnett – we're about to talk about this more. I don't know how much Andrew Burnett is going to be able to make sudden changes in year one. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, a whole new system. Um, They're going to be playing, wanting to play quicker, uh, not as defensive-minded, I'm assuming. So, 
Um, that'll take them some adjustment to get, you know, to get used to it, but it might also free up some scoring, which would be good. So, um, yeah, but you still need that goaltender, man. That's the, that's the ticket. That's the, that is the ticket, the whole ticket to the, to the whole thing. So, and that's why goaltenders bring back such a hefty return in trades is, is because of that. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to monitor, monitor it throughout the, throughout the off season. And even if he doesn't get traded this off season, trade deadline out there. Yeah. Now that it's out there, it's going to be, it's going to keep coming up. I guarantee it. I'm telling you right now, if the predators are way out of the playoff race, like they're way back in the standings and that trade deadline comes up, you think that these UC Soros trade talks are loud now. Oh, mm-hmm. they're going to get so loud. They're going to oh, burst yeah. your eardrums uh, yeah. next trade deadline. If mm-hmm. everyone's going to be clamoring to trade away UC Soros, if, yep. if the Predators are way out of the playoff race um, uh, in 2024. Yeah. Absolutely. So we will, we will watch it. This is going to stick around for a while. All right. That's our opening face off of episode 187 of Catfish on Ice. Thanks, everybody, for watching along on YouTube. Yeah. Please hit subscribe. Yes. below if you're watching if you're not subscribing already let's see let's get in some other comments here mike twitter says oh he had a he said he had a question oh let's put the yeah, question got, up. Yeah, there, there it is there he says i have a question i'm assuming Ooh. trots wasn't in the organization when soros was drafted oh that's a good question uh, i don't think he was i think he was already fired i don't think so too yeah what was it 2012 13 i don't remember um that's a good question. Uh, Rich, how about you look that up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. He was drafted in 2013. So that um, was right around when Trotz was was let go. Fired from Nashville. It's like a crossroads. Uh, yeah, where's that? Um, let's see it. Um, Let's see if it's in here. 2014. For, yeah. He, he, so, he yeah, yeah. 2014, so he probably so did a, draft him. He probably had a little say in it. He definitely had some say in it at the time, you got to think. Yeah. So then the next part of Mike's um, question. Trotz has I mean, no Trotz attachment. Has no attachment yeah. Fred's. Yeah. But I still think it's unlikely unless Preds are looking – Heading into looking rough and heading scene. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I don't think, yeah, Trotz might not have an attachment to Soros, but Trotz also realizes that he knows his worth. Soros (laughs) is, if not top three, he's top five goaltender in the league. So you don't, you just don't trade those away easily. You know, that's all I'm trying to say is some people seem to make this they're trying to make this like this is such an easy trade to pull off. Like you should just do it. Mm-hmm. You don't trade away top five goalies unless you're dead set that, that this is what you want to do. Like th- cause yeah. this, this is a very cataclysmic type of trade. Oh, yeah. It could go, it could go horribly wrong down the road. If you do this, it could set this franchise back for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just look at it's some of the teams. Just look at some of the teams who have been bad for so long because they've never had a top tier goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just think about that when you talk yeah, about absolutely. when you talk about these this trade that and people are all about it. All right, let's I mean, move on here like in episode one. Getting getting rid of UC Snaros isn't like you know picking up uh, 
Lucas Spiza or Corbinian Holzer. Oh, God. There you go. You got it in there. <laughs> oh, and bonus, you got Corbinian Holzer reference in there. We haven't right. had that name brought up in a while. I haven't heard that in a while. Good job, Rich. You got the yep. Lucas Spiza in there. Good job. I don't even think we traded away Lucas Spiza. I think he just it, went away. I think he like just news. Yeah. set off in the hot sunset. All right. Let's move along here in episode 187. Brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN. Let's throw out some players, Rich, that we think will benefit most from Andrew Burnett. And I'm going to throw out the first player for whatever reason I thought about okay. when I thought about this, this question. It was fresh right after I found out about the news. And I don't know why I thought about this player first. Like, there's plenty of players you can throw into this discussion here. Right. I thought about Philip Tomasino. That's a, yeah. That's a, that's and a here's one. why I thought about Philip Tomasino first when I'm thinking about who will benefit most from the Andrew Burnett hire. Philip Tomasino, I feel like he is a just wait to explode. Like he is just Definitely. bursting at the seams. It hasn't happened yet. You know, he ha- he plays 72 games in his rookie campaign, puts up 30-plus points, very, very respectable for your rookie season. And yep. then he doesn't even start off in the NHL starting lineup in that weird. second season, which is just really weird. Very to play strange. 72 games as a rookie and put up 30-plus points and look mm-hmm. really, really good and then not even be in the lineup to start the next season. Yep. They, they sent him back to Milwaukee and said, hey, you got some things to work on, yada, yada, yada. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And then he comes back into the season due to injuries and whatnot, mm-hmm. and the roster was kind of, you know, going all these different directions. And he still does pretty decent. He puts points on the board, and he, he looks pretty good out there. Ends up playing in the playoff run for the Milwaukee Admirals or whatever. I think this is his year to really take I off. So yeah, I think so too. And I think his career – was kind of running parallel and kind of going the trajectory of Ellie Tovenins, if you look at it. Oh, don't say that. I know, I know. But, like, everybody, you know, everybody thinks that Tolvanen wasn't used properly, which that's probably true. And now the same thing. It's kind of the same thing happened with Tomasino. And I think that – I think this will help him a lot. I think that's a very good choice by you to pick him as someone who could benefit from Burnett. Uh, I mean, this isn't to come down on Hines, but it's very, very well known that Hines is a defensive first type of player. And I don't know that yep. Tomasino fits that type of Hines style. Tom, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Tomasino doesn't isn't is afraid to get physical and get, but that's not his skill set. Yeah, he's a he's a crafty offensive player. He yep. is a he's a, he might be a little undersized, but he is a very much a offensively driven center who can score goals, who can who uses great skating and, and ice vision to mm-hmm. make his line mates better. That is what you want Philip Tomasino to become, and I think the foundation is there, but he needs to be in the system that feeds into that. And mm-hmm. so I'm really, really hoping that as time goes on, Tomasino can flourish in a system that's more aggressive yeah. – that, that has a more successful power play that pushes the puck up the ice and takes chances. Yep. Takes chances, which I think it's, I think Tomasino going into his now his third year in the NHL is going to be able to really take it and thrive. It might Mm -hmm. take some time. It's not going to happen in game one necessarily, but 
I I love it. I that yeah. I don't. That's the first player I thought of. Yep. And I'm looking at the roster, and I think another one um, is Yusuf Parsonet. I think he will benefit. Okay. From from that as well, because he's he's a fast player. He's a big big guy. He's a much bigger body, but he's fast. He's very he fast, is. and he's got he's got some skills, and he showed some skills when he had that that uh, that goal. Um, yes, between the legs goal. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that's you know that's some stuff that that people want to see is that fast. Uh, quicker game and not worry about I mean obviously you worry about the defense but just don't play such a defensive game and just let these guys go man just let them go yeah for sure we want we want all the YouTube watchers and and listeners right now to also chime in also if you're watching on Twitter at catfish ice don't be shy yep. throw some throw some players at us that you think personally are going to benefit most on the predators from Andrew Burnett becoming the head coach as opposed to when John Hines was the head coach. Yep. Uh want to throw in something real quick on the Lucas Spiza talk uh, as the reference oh. that we always get. My Twitter jumps in. <laughs> Spiza just went away into the virtual world of Chad's NHL video games. Tearing <laughs> it up. That is true. My Twitter is a, is a very loyal listener, and he is very aware. I mentioned this on my uh, franchise team on NHL, on NHL uh, 23. I've got Lucas Spiza. He's currently – he was on the Admirals, and he's actually getting a few games here and there on the Preds now. And yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why the EA sports team, who makes the players have certain skills and sets everything up, I don't know why, that, but they made Lucas Spiza have the slap shot of Shea Weber. Yeah, it's weird. This Maybe dude's slap like shot – or something. Try to find Lucas Spiza if you have NHL 23 or even I NHL do. 22 because I, I saw him on there as well. The, try to do a slap shot with Lucas Spiza on NHL 23. The dude ha- he looks like Shea Weber for some reason. So that yes, that that's where that's where Lucas Spiza has fallen to is uh, my uh, franchise mode team on NHL 23. Maybe he's like an Easter egg player. Maybe. Mm-hmm pump up his stats. Maybe he was, maybe he paid, maybe Lucas Spiza, I'm all about conspiracy theories. Maybe Lucas Spiza paid off the EA sports team to to pump up his numbers. Like, Hey, pump up my overall rating. Yeah. Give me a really good slap shot. He's in, uh, or was in Los Angeles working with the Kings. So if that's where EA sports is, maybe he did do Uh, it. We're on the case. All right. All right, let me throw in a veteran on this uh, who will benefit most from Andrew Burnett. And this one's a more, way more obvious one than Tomasino. Yeah. That's Philip Forsberg. Absolutely. And the reason why I throw in Philip Forsberg is, look, Forsberg is going into a very, very highly pressured type of year. Absolutely. He's, he's coming back from a really, really ugly injury that was scary to watch, a head mm-hmm. injury. And I'm really, really happy and glad that they did not rush him back in onto onto the team yep. to close out the season. That would have been not okay, especially dealing with the head injury. So he comes into this year. You're hoping he he can shake the rust off quick. But here's where I'm really, really intrigued by Forsberg being able to get back to I want to see him hit that 35 to 40 goal range, hit the 40 plus goal range, which he did the season before when he set the goal record or whatever. Um, I want to see Forsberg feast on the power play again. 
Yes. He's never well, – I say again, but honestly, if you go back and look at Forsberg's career numbers, mm-hmm. he's never been a big power play goal producer. Yeah. Not like you would think. Not like you would think. Yeah. So here's where I'm seeing the potential with Andrew Burnett taking over. I'm seeing the potential of Forsberg being able to really pump up his numbers and his goal totals on the power play. Like that's what you, all the elite goal scorers in the league, they feast on the power play. Yes, they do. We need to see Forsberg join that club. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um Last season, you know, he did get hurt, and, and he, he he struggled. But they all struggled, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint anything. But, yeah, um, yeah the, the season before that, yeah, we definitely want to see some more of that. And hopefully hopefully the new coach will bring that out of him again because that was very fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. So I've got Forsberg's career numbers pulled up here. I'm about to share them on the screen here from Hockey Reference. Just so everyone can kind of kind of see what I'm looking at and what we're looking at for our YouTube viewers. That's from Hockey Reference. So I'm looking at the power play goals there, and that's where I see the potential for Forsberg mm-hmm. to take a huge spike under Andrew Burnett. He's never really played. I mean, yeah, Peter Laviolette was an offensive-minded head coach as well. But under Hines, let's be honest here. Forsberg couldn't really, aside from the one year, 21-22, yeah, he took off. And look, he had 10 power play goals, which still isn't like that's not yeah insane total. Right. But they only all kind of his only, – Only 10 of his 42 goals were on the power play. Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind they, of surprising. And they actually had a good power play that year. That they was did. The they had a t- they, they were, were like six – I think they were number yeah. six. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, look, I'm looking here, and his career high is 13 power play goals in a season. That was the President's Trophy season. Yep. And he only scored 26, so half of his goals that year were on the power play. Yeah. That was under Peter Laviolette, mm-hmm. a more offensively driven type of head coach who took yep. chances. That team took chances. That team rushed the puck up the ice. Sometimes they get burned on the counter, but, but- – I expect more similar type of stuff from under Burnett. Yep. That's what I want to see as well. Yep. Last season, yes, he only played 50 games, but only four power play goals. The season before that, 2021-2021, I should say, only three power play goals. Yeah. That was in 39 games. 39 games, So I want to see Forsberg really, really increase his numbers on the power play. Under yep. Burnett. So that's why I think about that's why I throw Forsberg in there. Well, they're probably going to have a new power play coach because they let Dan Lambert go as well. So, yep. And, and also, I think we look at it as okay, Forsberg's contract he signed was very team friendly. Mm-hmm. We weren't against oh, it yeah. at all. But at the same time, you sign a long term deal like that and you're going to be the franchise player. You got to give us some some forty goal seasons here. Yeah, absolutely do. Yes. You can't be a 30 ish goal scorer. You can't do it. We're not yeah. going to hold it against him this past season because he got knocked out with a head injury. So yeah. not against it, that at all. I'm just saying. Yeah, these are things we got to think about. 
Well, he had that, you know, he had the good year and that's what he got. His contract was kind of based off that. And the fact that, you know, he's, he's, he's performed well, but then last year, you know, that everybody struggled and he struggled along with them. And, um, but yeah, this year you're going, you're getting paid a lot of money. You need to, you need to find the back of the net a lot more, make it happen. Absolutely. Do whatever you got to do, make it happen. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, you got another one. For, you got another one for us. Well, I was want to ask another you player. who who do you think out of on the roster might not benefit from this this uh, change in, in coach? Do you think there's anybody who could struggle under under somebody? The new, new, That's a good uh, question. Coach. Um, that is you know. a very good question. So, I look more into the. Um, the bottom six of the lineup. Yep. That's what I was thinking as well. Um, I'm thinking like players like Cole Smith, how's Cole, where's Cole Smith going to fit into this lineup? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, Cole Smith, Kiefer Sherwood. Yeah. I think Kiefer Sherwood did flash some offensive abilities, yeah. but, but I could see Kiefer Sherwood getting washed out of the picture mm-hmm. Yeah, just because he has been around for a little bit and he's never really taken off offensively. So I could see key for sure. I look at the bottom six for sure. Uh, I don't in, in the top six. I feel like mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to throw Ryan Johansson back in there, and I don't know if you were wondering if I was going to bring Brian Johansson up in this or not. But oh, yeah. do you think yeah. Ryan Johansson benefits or or not from Andrew Burnett? I don't know because that's tough. If, if Andrew Burnett's looking to be a more run and gun speed type of team. Do we really think – I think Ryan Johansson brought more value in a Hines system where he yeah. hits hard, he, mm-hmm. he can play defense, he can win face-offs, he can do the dirty work, he can get up in front of the net and tip goals in and, and stuff like that. But yeah. do we see Ryan Johansson running up and down the ice in a speed type of transition type of team mm-hmm. at this stage in his career? Not so yeah. sure about that. Yeah, you, you look at him and – um, maybe Yakov Trenin. Uh, I don't know if he, he, he's not the fastest skater on the one. planet. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he struggled as well a little bit last year. If they call up Michael McCarron, he might not ever get called up again because his whole game was just that power, you know, knocking into people and, you know, he scored some goals, but it's, you know, Dante Fab, if we're talking about players who might yeah. not benefit, Dante Fabro is another one. If we're thinking defenseman yeah. here, yeah, Dante Fabro, his offense has never taken off. Mm-mm. So I feel like, how is he going to fit into a top four of a defense of a team that's going to be more offensively driven now? Yeah. Like he's almost going to be buried on the bottom pairing now, mm-hmm. and, yeah. unless he shows us something, unless he shows drastic improvement in his offensive game. Mm-hmm. I don't. I could see him also get knocked back in, in an Andrew Burnett system. Yeah, you, you look at the lineup, there's really like in, for for defensemen, there's only like Yossi and maybe Barry are your more offensive minded and, carry, and I was carry gonna, a little bit, but I was gonna throw Roman Yossi in there as another obvious choice of a player who's definitely gonna benefit from oh, the yeah. Andrew Burnett system. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. That that's what Roman Yossi thrives on is mm-hmm. rushing the puck up the ice, being the yep, primary puck carrier. 
and enforcing the opposing team to have to pinch down on Yossi, and then Yossi finds other yep. guys that are streaking down. Now, that can offer problems on the counter. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest criticism that Yossi yeah. gets in his heyday is that he, yes, he'll put pressure on the opposing team, but mm-hmm. if that rush gets broken up, then there's He's a counterattack to be had, and Yossi's caught caught on his heels and he can't get yep. back in time and then you leave a, a two-on-one a three-on-one mm-hmm. scenario and then Soros has to step up and make a spectacular save yep. so you take that with what it is I think we're going to see a lot of that with Andrew Burnett yeah you could we're, yeah. we're going to see a lot of of it's going to be exciting it's going to be end-to-end type of action you're going to be taking a lot of chances but with that yeah you're probably going to give up a few more goals here and there because yeah. you're going to take those risks. You're going to take those chances. It is going to be exciting, though, if that's what winds up happening and they play that style. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I think I'm they have to play that style. You would, haven't seen why it would for you a while. So. Yeah. Why would you move on from John Hines if you don't want to Absolutely. go to that style? Like, if, yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to keep the same style, why not keep Hines at that yeah, point then? For sure. So, yeah, yeah I think cool. Yossi is going to definitely benefit – He's another player that's coming back from an injury. It was it happened late in the season, yep. but he's another player that I think can get back to maybe even being in a, the Norris Trophy conversation again because he can stack up it. those points. He can stack up those points, be a 70, 80-point scorer maybe, and we know he has it in him. We know he's still in the prime of his career, and he can bounce yeah. back next season. Yeah. And So Yossi's a big one. Luke Evangelista is another that's one you got to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the all the young guys that played at the end of the season will definitely benefit from this because they were playing that that style we were just talking about, you know, they were, you know, they had nothing to They were lose. already doing it even they under Hines. The only reason they were the only reason a lot of them were playing was because of the injuries. Yep. Yep. But it Which was Which was I think that was no also the old I think that was also kind of the ultimate um excuse to let go mm-hmm. of Hines was yeah. that the team, I almost think it hurt Hines that the team came within three points of the playoffs because yeah. it made him kind of look bad with his lineup decisions early in the season that mm-hmm. all these players came into the lineup that were yeah. available all along and they played great. They kept the team in the playoff hunt. And the only reason they were playing was because of all the injuries. It wasn't because Hines called them up. No, and he wouldn't have. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have, have he wouldn't have done that yeah absolutely yeah. not so i think all so, those yeah. young guys are definitely gonna definitely gonna prosper under this new system which is good. definitely it was exciting to watch so i'm i'm pumped for it all right so that's how now. we feel of course we're keeping our expectations very tempered in year one under brunette yep yeah. yeah. but he comes in still- it's not like it's not like Brunette's coming into a total overhaul and just a, no. a team that, that that's knocked down to the to the um to nothing. He's yeah. got some he's got some really he's got a decent roster to work with. So oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, my expectations for Brunette in year one is just keep sh- show improvement in the key areas that we want to see improvement in. Power play, mm-hmm. goals per game, things like yep. that. Um, and then and then we'll see how the standings work out from there. Just yeah. because they improve in those areas doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to all pan out to making the playoffs and all that. Yeah. Now, I'm more focused on, does this team show improvement 
in the areas that they really, really have struggled in yeah. over the last few years under Hines. That's my yeah. big barometer. And the power yeah. play is obviously going to be a big one. Huge one, yeah. And uh, Brunette's got some uh, another uh, section of the fans that he needs to win over, and that's all the people who wanted Carl Taylor to be hired instead of him. So yeah, there's there's, there's already that little bit of a uh, – which the writing's already on the wall that even the front office has said we don't, you know, we basically expect Carl Taylor to yeah. move on eventually. He's going to go somewhere. He deserves it. Yeah. But they should bring him up and making him an assistant, but he might not want That could happen. That. It could I'd be happen. all right with it. I'm not seeing Carl Taylor in any coaching candidate circles around the mm-hmm. league. I will say that. No. So it's possible. He did say the other day, you know, he's got a great job and he likes it. So, yeah, maybe he's good with it. All right. Let's tell you about DraftKings real quick. Our sponsor, our amazing sponsor that's been with us throughout it all. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. We're about to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Stanley Cup final right now. And you still... You're running out of time, but you still have a chance to get get in on this amazing offer with our promo code THPN with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline. Dot org in New York, call 877-8-HOPENY or text HOPENY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies in jurisdiction. Eligibility resources apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And state-specific responsibility gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Teams at sports terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Got all that, Rich? It just gets longer and longer. Did you write all that down, Rich, is what? I remember every bit of it. Rich, you were supposed to have a pen and paper writing all that down as I read it. You, you do such a good job at that. Horrible. I was I was cracking up because the script changed on me and I wasn't expecting it. A little bit, yeah. I did Threw me a curveball there. I did notice a few extra things this time. But, mm. but hey, I don't mind reading that script because it's nope. a great offer and DraftKings is amazing to us and it, yeah. we're lucky to have them as a sponsor. The OG sponsor. All right. The OG sponsor. All right. So let's get into the Stanley Cup final, Rich. I think the biggest thing is, first of all, the Vegas Golden Knights lead the Florida Panthers 2-0. It goes back to South Florida now. Panthers, are they have they finally ran out of gas, Rich? Do you think that they've just put in so much effort to make it this far? Also, Predators reference here. The Predators were down 2-0 to the Penguins in 2017, and they came back and won games three and four at home. They did. Just got one thing to say. Go Vegas. No, oh, I never I'm, thought I'd hear you say I'm, that. I'm hitching my wagon to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They All played right. good, man. Those first two they games have. were. 
So shocking, almost shocking because they just if we didn't if we didn't already know this and we definitely know it now, Vegas is top to bottom the most complete team, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. They are absolutely. You know, they handled a couple gut punches that when when Dallas was trying to to hang around. You know, Vegas jumped up three zero on them. Dallas rings two in a row. Comes mm-hmm. back at home for game six. That was a huge game there. It was very huge. Yeah. It felt like if Dallas could have if Dallas could have won game six and yep. gotten it back to Vegas for a game seven, I probably would have put my money on Dallas to win game seven. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But Vegas took care of business when their when their back was starting to get pushed up against the wall a little bit and they mm-hmm. and they 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 finally disposed of the pesky Dallas Stars. Yeah, yeah. I mean Vegas just they have it all, man. Yeah, and they are the type of – go, go ahead. ahead. You finish. No, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick that Vegas is that type of team that they just don't ever falter. Like, even if you got them down a goal, they're mm-hmm. going to come back. Yep. They, they and, and here's another thing that's really starting to frustrate the Panthers. It also frustrated the Dallas Stars in the Dallas Stars series. Vegas doesn't get – get roped into this whole that's, like fighting and scrappy exactly and what I was about to say. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, kind of finish gonna, that thought. You said it like Vegas is showing something that poise, they have the poise poise. To, yes. To, to ignore that and ignore. So yeah. Uh, to Chuck, I, I cannot, he is an awesome hockey player. And if he would just play hockey, I would love him so much because he is great. But that, that stuff that he does, I just cannot, I cannot stand it. Okay, so so what about your thoughts on Aiden Hill holding his stick and clearly like not letting him get back up the ice, which which kept the Florida Panthers power play from advancing, and then also he had taken an illegal cross check before that into the net against Aiden Hill. That was a pretty dirty play, and he I did. think that to Chuck to Chuck brings this on himself. There Play devil's go. advocate. I think that's what it was. He, <laughs> he has a target. He definitely has a target on his back, and then of course he he completely flattens Jack Eichel. Yeah, Jack Eichel did and, say it was clean, though he didn't. It was clean. Yeah, it was. And then yeah. Chuck also came out and said, "Don't skate with your head down in the middle of the ice. Yep. I'm going to hit you every time." Yep. Yeah, I. You know, I just kind of see it. It's like. They to Chuck does that to get a rise out of you to try to get you a penalty Um, because usually it's the second person who's caught and I just think like Aiden Hill probably because to Chuck like I've seen him take swipes at Hill the whole time he's he's gonna do it back and and hopefully they don't get caught and that's you know when you play that way you gotta expect that you're gonna get dealt some of it back. And I don't have any sympathy for him at all. And, and I don't think I don't think Chuck wants sympathy. No, he doesn't, and that's fine. He expects you know, he, it, and he 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 knows what he knows the way he plays, and he expects it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that to, Matthew Chuck is one of the very very rare players who plays that type of style, but is also a top tier elite offensive player. He is. I mean, he it is, is very rare. It's very rare. Usually, the goons of the league, the guys who play like Dechuk, the guys who want to draw penalties, wants to get under your skin, wants yeah. to play scrappy. Usually, those guys are not big offensive producers. They're yeah. normally like, 
you know, I'm going to rack up the hits. I'm going to get in the fights. I'm going to set the tone. If you hit one of our star players, I'm going to take you out. Mm-hmm. He, that's why I think so many people are starting to gravitate and like him because he's so yeah. rare. Yeah, you know, I've, normally your yeah. normally your big offensive players are, yeah. don't like to get don't in the scuffle. They don't like no, they don't want to be a part of that. Think of Austin Matthews. Yeah, Austin oh, Matthews, yeah. he's like, yeah, no thanks. I'll let all my entire crew fight for me, but I'm not yeah. getting in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know that's that's fine. I just I just wish he. I would love him if he did not do some of the stuff that he does. I get it. I especially. Totally get it. Chewing on his He's a very polarizing player. He's a very polarizing player. Chewing on his mouthpiece annoys me a lot. And I don't think he really wants to get in fights. I think he just wants to draw you and to get in the penalty. And that's that's why he does it. Um, It's part of his game. And and to Vegas's credit, to Vegas's credit, they're not taking the bait. They're not. Yeah. The only time the only time you saw them do anything, well, except for Aiden Hill and the cross check into into Kachuk. Um the only time you saw them do anything is when he did hit Jack Eichel and Vegas went nuts. That's when the a lot of the well, fighting that's gonna started. happen. And that, yeah, is absolutely. And that's when that's when they started handing out the uh, the uh, misconducts, which was kind of funny. So um, I think at the end of the game, there were like eleven Panthers left on the bench <laughs> after after they finished throwing everybody out. So it <laughs> yeah. was it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to completely count the Panthers out yet, but game three is obviously like a must win. Obviously oh, yeah. it's going to be ramped up. And then if, if Radko Gudis comes back, which he's another one that I do not like at all. Um, if he comes back, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, extra amped up and ready to cause some mischief. That's what those dudes. How do. about, let's go back to Jack Eichel. How about Jack Eichel? He, he's playing his first ever playoffs. You know, he, he comes back from that, you know, bad injury situation and horrible Huge. exit yeah. out of Buffalo. At the time when he when when he comes to Vegas, no one's really quite sure just how quickly mm-hmm. he's going to be able to return to the Jack Eichel that we know. Yeah, and he gets he gets on a real he ends up landing on a very very good team like Vegas. Oh yeah, and now mm-hmm. he is third in among NHL playoff scores with 22 points. He's tied with Matthew Tuchuk in total points with 22. He's played one more game than Tuchuk in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tied with Matthew Tuchuk. Uh, so that, that's pretty amazing to me. That's a major storyline for me in these playoffs is what Jack Eichel has been able to do in his first NHL playoffs. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's played well. Um, all of them have. Um, it's it's you know you you look at them and I guess from the from the poise standpoint, like we said, definitely they look more like a Stanley Cup champion, and it looks like you know they have the best shot at at, at doing that. But huge comeback story for Jack Eichel for sure. Um, Eichel's got a very calm demeanor about himself he does yeah he does he he shows frustration like you can kind of see like he'll but he is laser focused like i mean the he is he is poised to not only win a stanley cup this year but win multiple stanley cups and Mm -hmm. he's found his home in vegas vegas has to be absolutely just thrilled and it's got to be extremely painful right now if you're a buffalo sabers fan yeah i mean that whole situation was just handled 
horribly. It was. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's fuel to the fire for Eichel. I think it is too. Yeah. And that, like you that, said, I mean, the, I'm, not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying he needs extra motivation to play in a Stanley Cup final, but yeah. man, you want to talk about a little extra fuel thinking about how the Buffalo Sabres did him? Yeah. There yeah, you go, absolutely. right there. And then some extra fuel is Buffalo actually played pretty well this season and then wound up not making the playoffs. So, yeah, that was for uh, sure. Little, Imagine if they still had Jack Eichel. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He'd probably still be in it. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, yeah, there you have it. Of course, I mean, Aiden Hill's been a really good story. Um, oh, it's he crazy is, he, how good he I is. I mean, he has been just incredible. And we knew he was a decent goalie, but we didn't realize he had this in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know. Crazy. And then. So, we got we to gotta throw him some love. Uh, uh, definitely have to throw him some love. Throw a. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, some love because he's playing really well as well. He's, uh, I think he scored a point <laughs> uh, in every game for the past five. I'm looking at the stats right now, so yep. he's, he's playing really good. Um, definitely. Yeah, I like. So yeah, it's been. It's. It, I'm hoping that the Panthers can make this a a closer Cup final. I'm hoping they can pull out game three at least. I know you're all team Vegas here, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm, that I'm hoping the Panthers can win game three and 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 make this an interesting series because they've been a great story. And yeah. but in the end, I think it really comes down to I think Florida's running out of gas. I think that I think the, it's starting to catch snow. up to them. It's really hard to be a bottom seed and and go on to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And they're running into a Vegas team that's just complete. They are so complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they deserve it. If they win the Stanley Cup, if they end up winning the Stanley Cup, no one's going to say, "Oh my God, that team is not the best team in the league." They yeah, just yeah, got lucky. Sure. They got hot at the right time. No, Vegas is a prototypical Stanley Cup type of team. If they're they win it, good. we're all going to look at it and be like, "Yep, that makes sense. That yep. makes sense." Yep. You and know? then. Uh, Bobrovsky is kind of starting to show some wear and tear a little bit. Um, he's not playing as well. Got pulled in the last game. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, he played so well for so long and now, now it looks like he's struggling. CJ drops in this chat here. What's up, CJ? Always a little fashionably late, but guess what, CJ? We're about to talk about the Admirals too. Yep. You finally, you're going to jump into the Admirals he's talk here. here so you better be. Better stick around for that. But Snarky Squeegee, who is CJ on, on YouTube, says Aiden Hill was undervalued in Arizona. <laughs> Isn't everybody undervalued well, in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then uh, CJ also says Vegas looks like how Colorado did last year, which actually brings up a really good question. I'm going to ask you, Rich, first, then I'll answer. Who, who would win hypothetically in a seven-game series? This year's Golden Knights versus last year's Colorado Avalanche. Gosh, I'd have to go with Colorado. They were just so dominant. They were a train. They were just, I mean, nobody could do anything against them. So I'd probably have to go them. I I lean that way as well, but that's probably going seven. And that would be a lot of fun. For sure. But I think, I think they, Colorado would take them. Yeah. Unfortunately. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, I don't know. I'm not as not as mad about Vegas. So I know that a lot of people don't care for them, but 
I'm all right. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with them. It's, yeah. I mean, they. I think Preds fans don't like Vegas just because they they're biased because they're they're a little upset that an expansion team is yeah. they got already painted. having this quick success, you know. Whereas <laughs> for the Predators, for the Predators, it took almost 20 years to even get to the Stanley Cup. They've only been there once. They've yeah. never made it back to the conference finals since then. Very yep. only a few handful of times that they have they even made it out of the first round. So it kind of makes you a little bitter as a Predators mm-hmm. fan to see a expansion team yeah. have so much success so quickly. Different era of the expansion draft, that's for sure. Um, you get handed different era, but also if you players. go back and look at it, you do got to give Vegas some credit. Their front office, they didn't build that team just through that draft. They no. actually no. made a lot of really good signings throughout the offseason trades and free agency signings. Not that a, front office in Vegas is you, that's an A plus plus. I mean, they have made some yeah. outstanding decisions over the years. Oh. Also, it, you can't just you can't just cite the expansion draft. You can't. Yeah. Also, uh, not afraid to pull the trigger on a coaching change. So they, nope. they they're on their third right now. The Predators mm-hmm. have only had four ever. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean that's very skewed towards Barry Trotz. Very skewed. It is. Yeah, that is absolutely. Since Barry Trotz, so we found out that yeah, 2014, they they've had they've hired three since. 2014 so they're starting to get back on that on that yeah, average of what Michael. most NHL teams yeah, go through yeah for sure but um i think i like i like i like their coach i like um feels good right now yeah yeah it's awesome all right we are going to wrap up episode 187 to talk cj you better still be here to talk about the Milwaukee Admirals i mean tip your cap to what the admirals pulled off yeah. They uh they lose in game six to Coecha Valley, the uh affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. They are a new AHL team, so hey, look, there you have it there. The Admirals yeah. drop the first two games in the series, then they come back and win two games in a row to tie the series at two, and then they go yeah. on to lose the next two to lose in six to yeah. Coecha Valley. I gotta say the fact they made it this far, considering all the changes that this team went through throughout the mm-hmm. regular season going into the playoffs. Yep. It, a huge, huge win for the for the Admirals this year, even though yeah. they didn't make it to the Calder Cup. Like six or seven of their guys didn't even play in the last part of the season because they were playing for the Predators and then to to get it all together and and then uh do what they did in the playoffs. It was good. Good to see and I think you. I think that gives you a ton of optimism going into next season, knowing yeah. that some of these some of these guys who are going to be in the Preds starting lineup got to get that experience. Mm-hmm. They they got oh, yeah. that vibe. It's, it's going to be invaluable the experience they got to to make it to the Western Conference Finals. They won two playoff series mm-hmm. to get, to, and then they won two games in the Western Conference Finals. That's going to be really huge, major experience for. For players like Philip Tomasino, Irisal mm-hmm. Skarov, of course, um, for Luke Evangelista, for Mark Jankowski, like they got some big, big minutes in the AHL yeah. playoffs. Yeah, but then there was a little. Oh yeah, go ahead and read that. Yeah, so CJ, who is a big Admirals guy, he lives up in that part of the country, goes to games, knows that team very well. He does. CJ he says the future is brighter than. 
The future is brighter than I thought they were in 2019. We have a great problem in having a lot of players ready for the NHL. Love that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rich. Oh, I was just going to say, with the with the season over, though, we got a little bit of not so good news that Devin Cooley was going to test free agency, so he's probably not well. And we kind of saw that coming yeah. because Devin Cooley he is good well. enough. He yeah. is Devin Cooley is absolutely good enough to be starting somewhere. He shouldn't yeah. be a backup on the mm-hmm. AHL level. He's got talent. Yeah, and we 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 saw this coming that since Askarov is clearly the number one guy, that mm-hmm. Cooley was going to have to test the waters and do what's best for him somewhere yeah. else. So Cooley Cooley finished the season out though. He did. Askarov was struggling some, so they put uh, Cooley. Which in. I did not see that. I did not I see <laughs> envision. I did not envision Askarov getting benched for Cooley no. at all. No. And that's you know I don't think people should panic too much over that. I mean, yeah, no, it's fine. I'll, if anything, it tells you that yeah, Askarov needs some more time. Mm-hmm. He needs another year, which is yeah. okay. That's fine. We don't have to have Yurskov Askarov next year. That's nope. not where we're at here. That's not – you got Lincoln in, and then we'll see, but you got Soros. We already yeah, talked right. about it at the beginning of the episode know, that he's hopefully. in trade rumors. But, yeah, you are you don't have to be in this massive hurry to call a Scarab up to the NHL. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, CJ also says, on all lines, we still need, need a top six problem for other teams, but give these young guns a couple years. Yep. Also, ooh, I like this. Spencer, yeah. hot take alert. Hot take from CJ Spencer Stastny looks to be better than Carrier, should but should be looked at as a second or third line D man with great defense and some good offensive upside. Yep. He played. Right, there you go. Didn't he play in a couple games last season? Right? Yes, Stastny yep. was one of the ten or eleven players who made the, or one of the six. <laughs> no, one of the six that I should no, I should reword that. One of the six that made their day de- NHL debuts yep. this past year for the Preds. Yep. One of six. I think he played so, in, uh, Jeremy. And he looked good. Or, he looked really good out yeah, there he when he played. Yeah, I remember that. I think he came in when Jeremy Lazon got hurt. Also, we got to talk about another player that I think he is going to be the next player to get called up for the Preds and make his NHL debut. It's a matter of when, not if, and it's going to happen this next season. Oh, I truly I feel this way. Play. You know who I'm about to say. I do. I'm going to share it on the screen as well if I can find it. Yeah, I got it right here. Let me just share it on the screen, and then we can react. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. Now, these numbers were going into the Western Conference Finals, so these aren't accurate right this second. But how about that guy? Yeah. How about Joachim Kimmel? King Kimmel, as he's been named. Everybody calls him King Kimmel. he at one point in the Carter Cup playoffs, he was leading with three game-winning goals and was tied for the lead in the playoffs among rookie goal scoring with yep. seven tallies. So it's only a matter of time. He you want to talk about a guy who just completely took off quickly, mm-hmm. never yeah. played the North American game. Yep. The North American game is completely different than what he came from in mm-hmm. in La Liga in, in Finland, the Finnish leagues, which is a really good league in its own right, I should say. But, oh, yeah. yeah, so 
huge, huge development that happened in the Calder Cup playoffs was Joachim uh, Kimmel becoming a goal-scoring machine uh, yeah. for the Admirals in their Calder Cup playoff run. Absolutely. Only a matter of time, like you said. Justin Gambino says Tolvi reincarnated. I'll allow that since I brought him up too. So I'll allow some Tolvin and talk. <laughs> and then CJ says Kimmel needs to prove himself through the year, but if he turns out to be a point per game player through 20 to 30, 30 games, I don't see why he doesn't get called up. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it too, CJ. I think that I, he's not going to start the season in Nashville. I think so. But as the season rolls on, judging how the team's performing, judging by injuries, all those things, I think mm-hmm. that Kimmel will be one of the first to be called up. Yeah, I think so, and rightfully Along so. Along with probably Igor Afanasiev. I'm not I'm not entirely sold that Igor Afanasiev is going to be in the starting lineup to start. He might start in Milwaukee as well. Because in the end, it becomes a numbers game. You can't fit all these no. guys into the lineup, even if no. you want to play him. Yeah. So and you, you know you're going to see Tommy Novak starting – Novak's a lock. Evangelista's a lock. I think Novak's a lock. Out of all the young players, Novak's a lock. Evangelista has to be a lock. Tomasino probably has to be a lock. Class is obviously a lock. Novak's a lock. So that you're already running out of positions here. That's when you look back at Kiefer Sherwood, Mark Jankowski, um, Mm -hmm. Michael McCarron, Cole Smith. Those are the guys who are going to lose roster spots, most likely. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And he's going to have a – Brunette's going to have another problem of where to slot all these guys in. Oh, But it's a good Rich, problem. It's, it, we're a ways off. We got till September. But training camp is going to be a madhouse. They will be. There's yeah. going to be a lot of in-house, in-house yeah. competition. Because these guys, they're going to be competing with each other. They're mm-hmm. on the same team, but they're going to be competing with each other. Because with a new head coach rolling in, no one is safe. And nope. that goes for the veterans. That goes yep. for the veterans as well. Yep. That training camp is going to be extremely spicy. I mean, they are going to be coming at each other to prove something. Yep. Yep. And you're gonna you're going to probably see like when they <laughs> what's the stop. Um William, I William, it's my podcast. I can scream off if I want, but I appreciate <laughs> you chiming in. He called you Chief. Hey, Chief. I'll take that. Chief's good. Um, that's fair. Yeah, there you, you when when they do rookie camp, you know how they show it on – they were showing it on Facebook Live or whatever. Lots of people will be tuning in to that for sure. Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be one of the most exciting training camps we've had in a while most likely because uh, yeah. there's going to be so much roster competition going on here. So and much I, roster competition. And I bet you're going to see tons and tons of people at the preseason games just to see what everything looks like. There are always usually a lot of people, but I bet it's going to be even more this year, so – Oh, for sure. And then you got the draft coming up here. And like like you said, bringing in a new head coach, a new GM, the draft is going to be extremely exciting for yep. sure. So it's good times. It's it's uncertain times, but it's really good times right now if you're a National yeah. Predators fan. You, you yeah. got to be in it for the long haul. We've, we've all been there. So let's see what happens here. Let's, let's end it with this one last really long comment here. CJ's bringing in the heat. Anytime we talk about the Milwaukee Admirals, we need CJ in here. And so he's he right here for it. And he knows. 
Here's my hot take. You, CJ, you've already brought some good hot takes, but let's end episode 187 with this one. Is Taylor it Taylor gets called up as the assistant head coach? These youth players will do better, especially guys like Trennan, because Taylor know, knew how to use Trennan to his strengths. Rich, you already kind of brought this up earlier. Maybe yeah. Carl Taylor gets called up as an assistant. Yep. Dan Lambert's gone, so you got an opening. So I'm all right with that. I'm all right with it too. I would love that. That would be icing on the cake for this whole coaching change. You oh, would get man. Predators fans completely on board if you call Carl Taylor up as the assistant yeah. head coach. Yeah. That that seems like a no brainer, honestly. Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, and you still got High Note, I'm assuming, and then Todd Richards as well. So. Which I love High Note. I love yeah. Dan High. I like I, I like the love energy love he brings. Dan Hino can still bring you that defensive mentality because mm-hmm. I feel like he brings that. He, he thinks that way. You bring Carl Taylor in here as a guy who's coached these players already. He got Andrew Burnett. That's a real that that's a coaching staff that I am all on board with. All right, everybody. This has been episode 187 of Catfish and Ice. It's been a lot of fun here talking about Soros and trade rumors, talking about Andrew Burnett and the players who are going to benefit from him. The Stanley Cup playoff, of course, with the Golden Knights up 2-0. All these things are happening. It's going to be a fun offseason. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for watching on Facebook. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscribe button. Also on Twitter, at Catfish Ice. We will see you all next week for a brand new episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.